Let us pray once again. God, our Father, we thank you for this opportunity, this beginning of Lent, this Ash Wednesday, to gather here and worship you. And Lord, I pray that you would speak into our hearts and lives this day, the beginning of this season of reflection, that you would take my words of reflection and make them your own. In Jesus' name, amen. Lent begins today, of course, with Ash Wednesday. We receive the ashes as a reminder of our frailty, of our imperfection, of the ways in which life doesn't quite measure up, reminding that we have come from dust and dust we will return. It marks the beginning of the season of Lent. And I will tell you, for me, um, this is the most powerful church season of the year for me every year. I, I love this season. I love what God does in this season to come and to reflect. And each year, it seems like something different happens. And we walk on this journey with Jesus. We journey with Jesus to the cross these 40-plus days. We walk and we remember the story of Jesus. We reflect on the story of Jesus We take time to understand our limitations, to understand our failings, and yet we know that there is one who overcomes. This is an interesting lesson to me that we have for this Ash Wednesday. And Jesus is saying a lot here, but primarily Jesus is speaking about motivations. To us, to the disciples, to the Pharisees, to anyone who will listen. Jesus is primarily here addressing the issue of motivations. What are our motivations? I think it's appropriate for Lent because in this season of Lent, if we take time to carefully reflect and embrace this season, we will always come to a place in our hearts and our minds where we think a little more carefully about some of our motivations that oftentimes we forget about. We don't see, we are unwilling to admit we can't talk about our motivations. And Lent, we reflect. And perhaps one of the greatest things that we can reflect on in Lent is our motivations. Jesus uses this to talk about prayer and fasting. You could say this about anything of spiritual practice, of worth, of worship. But we can say it of things outside of the church as well. Are we kind in serving others for what we might get? Do we do this because we feel we have to? Is it, is it an issue of obligation Are we doing things out of guilt or shame or habit? What is our motivation? We don't give up chocolate for Lent for the sake of giving up chocolate. We give things up for Lent. We add things for Lent so that we can examine our motivations, so that we can think about those things that might control us. So that when we give those things up or when we add those things to our lives, and I always try to do both, we take that time instead to focus on God. I always love to tell the story of one of my youth leaders when I was a youth pastor who gave up hot lattes for Lent. 
And so he invested several hundred dollars into Frappuccinos for the season of Lent. I'm not really sure anything happened there. It's a time of focus. It's a time to take those things out of our lives that may have power over us and instead look to God. And so, whether we give up or add or both, maybe it's those things that control us, that, that we crave or need or go to in times of hurt or worry or anxiety that we should give up. Maybe it's those moments where we naturally don't focus on God that we should add something to our lives. For me, this year, for the sake of an example and perhaps accountability, perhaps a little bit hypocritically to the passage, I want to add to my Lenten season praying before I go to bed. I am great about prayer all day, but when I'm ready for bed, I just climb in bed. But I started to recognize that maybe when I lay down and I have a hard time falling asleep and my thoughts wander and I have dreams and nightmares and my mind goes 100 miles an hour all night, maybe if I ended my night with prayer, my heart and even my sleep would be focused on God instead of the things that are coming up, the things that I'm worried about. I decided this year that for Lent I would um, give up sweets. Lord have mercy. <laughs> and it's interesting, I've given up snacks before, I've given up desserts, but I decided to give up sweets, including sweets in my beverages. And so this morning as I journeyed to Starbucks, it was a different day. I knew Lent was here, and so there was no, there was no syrup or flavors or sugars or any of my normal drinks. I don't know who was thrown off more, myself or the poor baristas who actually may need some counseling. But we got to talk about Lent. Because I know in the winter, I know that I crave sugar more in the winter. I know in the winter I, I, I get discouraged more easily and so I naturally gravitate to sugar that it has power over me. I know that the fact that Valentine's candy was half off and that my daughter's a Girl Scout, I know these are not good things for that craving. And so I said, let me let go of that. And sure enough, I returned from the senior luncheon today and the first thing I wanted was a cookie. For the record, Pastor Dan has given up snacking, uh, and so it is hopefully going to be a season of slimming for your pastors as well. <laughs> Jesus in this passage is not just saying that the outward doesn't matter. The outward matters. But our motivations, the inward posture of our heart matters more. And that's the core lesson of Lent. That's the core lesson of this day even. It's what's on the inside that matters. That out of our heart flows our entire lives, our word, our actions, our motivations, our priorities. And so this Lenten season is that beautiful, beautiful reminder that while the outward matters, what matters most in the image of Jesus, what matters most to our faith, is the inward. And the truth is, in the day-to-day -day busyness of life, in the routines of life, in the habits of life, I'm a creature of habit. A good day is when my habits all happen. A day where none of my habits happen, or less than perhaps 
30% of my habits happen, that's a bad day. We are creatures of habit, creatures of schedule. In Lent, we disrupt that. In Lent, we stop and we reflect about what controls us that, though maybe good, is not necessarily of God. And we do that so that, perhaps because of Lent, after we come to the joyous celebration that comes at the end of the season, maybe these things that we've practiced in Lent will do more simply and more naturally. Maybe more naturally we'll think about the things that control us. Maybe more naturally we will stop and reflect. Maybe more naturally it won't be the stuff of the world, but of God. Because God in the midst of life, easily gets squeezed out. Easily. For the most faithful of us, God often gets squeezed out of things. It's an integrity matter, that the inner reality should match the outward reality. And so often, we do the outward reality and don't worry so much about the inward reality. We don't even think about what's going on inside. This is ultimately a performance whether, again, out of embarrassment or obligation or shame or guilt or habit, we focus on the outward. And Jesus here says the reward, and he doesn't say what the reward is, by the way. We don't know the prize. In fact, I think Jesus may even just be saying that the reward, the reward itself is following Jesus, that that's reward enough. That that's where life is found. But he said, it's not found in when you're seen, but it's found in the secret. That Lent is a season of careful, private reflection. Careful, private reflection. I often do seminars where I'm talking to educators or people who work with children or adolescents or teachers. And one of my favorite comments is late, and I like to use this in education particularly as we think about discipline, is, is I say, you know, a system of punishment and rewards doesn't build character. It builds performers. That a hallmark of character is doing the right thing even when you know no one is looking. And we live in a world where performance is emphasized. Even in our faith, we worry about being punished. We worry about being rewarded. That somebody jokingly said to Dan and I, I'm going to shovel in front of the doors this morning maybe to work off some sins. And Dan torted back right away. And we've all said things like this. Joking, 100%, usually half-joking, sometimes not joking at all. And Dan said, isn't that what Luther was fighting against? Oh, yeah. And so we have this conversation about it. Because so often we think it's about punishment and rewards. Our whole society is built on earning and performing. And the gospel, even in this season of Lent, says it's not about that. It's about what happens on the inside. And so if anything, Lent forces us to look to our hearts. I never connected this phrase, this comment to Lent into my faith. But the truth is, I think sometimes in faith, we focus on performing. Here's what's interesting to me. 
After I made this connection and I was having an aha moment, I sent an email to a friend who's passionate about this idea of punishment and rewards, and we were exchanging emails back and forth, and I opened back up to the commentary, and I looked at the commentary on verse 2, the first use of the word hypocrites in here. And the commentary pointed out that in this case, in this passage, the word hypocrites literally means to perform, to be an actor, one who is an actor. And so all of a sudden, this analogy that I thought was going to be just entertaining to me took on yet some more meaning. That perhaps the challenge of Lent is that we have to stop performing and start examining. That we need this season every year where we stop and we focus and we examine. The external matters, but it must match the internal. What impure motivations? What unhealthy motivations? What motivations that are not of God exist in our life? What are the good things or maybe even the bad things that are doing that, that, that come from motivations that are problematic? It's a classic practice in counseling that it's when you're counseling someone about behaviors, your, your goal is not just to change the behavior but for them to understand why the behavior is happening. Because that's the only way for long-term change. Lent. Thinking about the motivation. Reflecting on, asking God to reveal to us what's going on in our hearts. What is motivating us. And to use this season to perhaps push out those impure motivations. Push out those things that are not of God. Instead, replace them with God. Whether it's a simple craving for a cookie or something more profound. How can we use this journey of Lent to reflect, to simply push those things out that distract us and look to Christ? What needs to die in us so that when we come to the end of this season and celebration can be reborn? What motivation or practice or thing controls us that we can let go of so that we can come to the celebration of new life as God comes in and replaces that? I don't know if you knew this. Chocolate can't sustain you. Chocolate can't give you life. I know this is earth-shaking news. It's a delightful illusion, and we've got lots of them. Sometimes it's even a survival technique in marriage. It, chocolate may be delightful, but it's not sustaining. Only Christ can fully sustain us. So what are those things that distract us from Christ? What are the ways that we need to be reborn? Lent is a season to look at our priorities, to focus on God, to reflect, to journey that lonely journey with Jesus to the cross, to walk that painful road, to know that while we know the end of the story, Easter isn't a great story. It's not really a story at all without the cross. And so we come and we reflect and we look to Jesus 
and we push everything else away in this beautiful but difficult season. That God in this season of Lent has something in store for each of us. And the good news is we know that there's something great on the other side. But to experience the greatness God has for us, we first walk with Christ in this journey of reflection, in this journey of suffering, in this journey of letting go. Lent. I love this season because God always has something for me, but it's not always easy. But the more I let go and look to God, the more beautiful that something is. And the whole goal is that we walk away from Lent changed, different, more naturally focusing on God instead of focusing on those other things, all be them good, that often distract us. Let us pray. God, we thank you for this season, for this opportunity that you give us to follow you, to journey with you to the cross, a painful and confusing journey, a journey of honest reflection, of letting go of impure motivations, of giving up and letting go of the things that distract, control, or comfort us, and taking all of those away and replacing them with you. Give us the strength and the wisdom to see those things. Walk with us as we walk with you. Take this season and transform us. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.